I thank you, Jesus, for this beautiful day of life and strength and good health. Heaven's many, many, many blessings. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you, my Father. Reach and touch every heart. Thank you, dear Jesus, for your goodness and this great, great salvation. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right. You have a Bible? We're going to turn to the book of Hebrews this morning. for each and every one that's here. We want to take a good look into God's Word. Hebrews chapter 6. Beginning with verse 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection or completion, not having or not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permit. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right, I'd like to just work for a little while this morning, very simple, on moving forward in God. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. There is uh, some things that's easier said than done. Very often times people will say they're going to do this or they're going to do that or maybe they'll just be talking kind of out loud and voicing what they're thinking. Sometimes it's wishful thinking. But I, w I just want to make a point that with you and for you that Having good intentions, yes, that's a good thing. But there's a little bit more to realizing those good intentions than just verbalizing them. Uh, we have a lot of fun about uh, particularly food or sweets. <laughs> uh, you know, um, it'll be... Saturday and Sunday, and the diet always starts on Monday. We have a lot of fun about that. I um, watched one individual and his wife were going to share dessert, and um, she was talking to somebody next to her, and after a while I said, um, you might want to pause the talk button and because your dessert your half of the dessert is quickly disappearing <laughs> I think he was very happy that that she was uh, engaged in in uh, conversation because he was 
very much engaged in gobbling up that dessert because the diet started the next day. Yeah. yeah. It was, had to get in his literal last licks, huh? Because I don't think they had to wash the plate uh, at the restaurant. I think he licked it clean. But uh, effort is involved, effort, some kind of perseverance, some kind of putting forth uh, genuine oomph, effort, thought power becomes has to come to a place to where it becomes action. The word believing, we've often pointed out, people have tried to, and have, religious-wise, denominational-wise, have watered it down for a long time. And people just say, yeah, I believe. Well, you know, it's just not quite that's simplified. It's, that's the problem. People want to oversimplify. I believe what the scripture said about the simplicity of the gospel of Christ. Um, so, but we don't want to go extreme left, neither do we want to go extreme right. We, we want the accuracy of balance when we come to things in the scripture. Balance is very, very important. And uh, there are those that want to oversimplify, and their definition of believing is just saying, me too. And uh, that's not the Bible definition. That's not the subject matter definition of believe and believing. Believing is chock full of action. It's doing. You become a doer of the word, not just a hearer. And I want to say not just a sayer either, but you become a doer. Lots of people will and have been saying for years, that they're going to come to church. And they hadn't made it yet. I'm telling you, I can tell you and call names of people that been about the whole 42 years King Sitzfeld and I've been here, they've been saying they're going to come. But they haven't done it yet. They haven't done it yet. There's no action. There's no oomph. There's no perseverance. There's no effort in their words. Not enough to just say it. Not enough to just say it. Got to get down to doing it. Repentance. Repentance. Same thing. That's, that's how my, I get my steps and mind and heart moving in the forward direction on salvation, this oh-so-great salvation, that I, I begin to 
tell God I'm sorry for what I'm presently doing and retroactively what I've done. Now, I was baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ in 1970. And, uh, but I often tell God that I'm sorry and I want you to wash me clean and go all the way back. <laughs> Do it all again. <laughs> I don't want to miss anything, God. I don't want to leave one thing sticking out, you know, popping up its ugly, sinful head. And, you know, that it's not taken care of. I want it all taken care of. And I'm not worried about God doing his part of the business. I'm worried about me. God takes care of his side of things real well. We can all count on God doing his part. It kind of boils down to can God count on us doing our part. And, uh, God doesn't fail. I fail. You fail. We fail. But God doesn't fail. But I'm not going to dwell on, on the failure thing. I'm not going to get bogged down in the mire of failure. Not when I can repent. Not when I can tell God I'm sorry and move forward from that. That I can break off, the scripture said, my sins. I can stop that by the grace of God with the help of God, the divine favor of God, given an opportunity. I've got to turn away from sin. I've got to turn away from the sinful lifestyle. I've got to quit trying to rationalize it and say it's okay and God will let me by and or rationalize it to the point that I What's that other word? Procrastinate. I put it off. You know, I put it off. Postpone it. Mm -mm. Bible did say, now faith. Didn't say anything about yesterday's faith. Didn't say anything about futuristic or tomorrow's faith. It said now faith. I got to get in gear now. I got to. With, with phones nowadays, people will be at the red light, and the light turns green, and, and they're looking down. Everybody knows what they're doing, except them. <laughs> they're in some other realm. And sitting at a red light, that might be more of a, an annoyance for the people behind you. But there are cases and instances, and one would be too many, and there's way more than one. Recently, there was a young lady, not even 40 years old, probably a little bit younger than that, and she was had so much promise before her, and she was excited and driving along, texting. Now, I'm not going to give you a lesson on that. I don't mean that just relating to you an account, a true account. And she was excited about something, and she was 
texting while she was driving and ran right into that big truck in front of her that was all the traffic was stopped and backed up. And she was doing, you know, 40, 45 miles an hour. And just her life was snuffed out in an instant. Well, the Bible used the terminology at what instant? And when they got her out of the vehicle and put her on the stretcher in the ambulance and took her either to the morgue or to the funeral home. They found her phone. It was right there, the proof and the evidence. Right there. Right in the middle of texting when this horrible collision took place and this death took place. Now, faith. Let's do it now. Let's get it in gear now. Let's not fall asleep, whether at the red light or through distraction in the busyness of life. That we, we don't get it done. Let's review the priorities of what's really important. As it is written, today is a day of salvation. We have a heavenly opportunity. We can get away from the old path. We can get away from the things that are out to destroy us. I, they were just reported, newspaper and all that, about a woman that was down in a remote part of the Everglades. And she dropped a bottle in the water. So she reached to get the bottle, and when she did, an alligator got her by the hand. I thought, boy, that guy was lingering right close by, wasn't he? <laughs> and uh, you know, the devil's closer than you think he is. Adversity is closer than you realize. If it hadn't been for some help, that alligator would have pulled her right in the water, and it would have been a whole lot more than the hand. Fortunately, they got her by the leg, and they were able to pull her away. And uh, last, the reported is that they were, I think, trying to save her hand from possible amputation. But you know what? Amputation, in this case, would be a, a small price to pay. Small price to pay. Separation is part of the price of moving forward. Easy to say I want to go forward. Easy to say let us go forward. But there's a price to pay. There's an effort 
there's a perseverance. That each individual has to do. Can you imagine how many muscles, how much electricity, how much chemistry is going on in us as we walk and talk and live and breathe each and every day? A whole lot going on. A lot of cells are working, atoms, molecules, things that we don't so much see. But we certainly see and enjoy the results of the effort or the work. You need to realize how much the church is doing. That when that old, and he's there, and he's lurking, and he's looking for opportunity, that old devil, and here we are grabbing you by the legs, so to speak, and we're trying to pull you out and separate you from the enemy. How about a little cooperation? How about a little help? How about you doing your part? Easy to criticize the church. Church ain't doing it up. Well, the church is doing this wrong. Preach is doing that wrong. Easy to do that. Hey, get a good look in the mirror here and tell yourself, I need to do my part. I need to do my part. How's your prayer life going? How's your church attendance going? How's your Bible reading going? Woo! Preacher could preach right now, couldn't he? Maybe you'll wake up with me. <laughs> suddenly, suddenly feel that little jolt. Amen. And I mean it as optimistically as I can mean it. God is saying, look what I've given you. He said, the principles of the doctrine of Christ. He said, I'm giving you the foundation of repentance from dead works. I've given you faith toward God. I've given you the doc doctrine of baptism, baptism in water, baptism in the Spirit. And that one overall baptism is what places you in the church, the body of Christ. Giving you the laying on of hands. Resurrection of the dead, of eternal judgment. He said, but you know what? He said, I've given you those things. Now it's time to go forward. Now it's time to go forward. Time to take, church family, what God has given us or is giving us in the process and go forward. God doesn't want us stagnated, and God surely doesn't want us going backwards, backwards to the old things, listening to the old things. You start listening, you start participating, you start sympathizing, you start feeling like it, well, What's being said has merit. Beginning of 
infection. No wonder the Bible said, take heed to what you hear. Said, if you've got an ear to hear, then you better hear what the Spirit has to say. You better put your, your hearing to good use. In the book of Genesis, the first time the word forward is used. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Had to do with, with Isaac. Chapter 26, I believe. Verse 13, speaking of Isaac, you've heard of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Isaac. And the man, Isaac, waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great. You know, if we're praying, if we're our church attendance is, is consistent. If our Bible reading is consistent, if we're, our obedience to the teachings of the Word of God is consistent, the Bible said you don't have to sound a trumpet. said God sees what you do. And he'll reward you openly. It'll become obvious that you're doing the right thing. Just as well as it becomes obvious when a person is doing the wrong thing. And it begin, begins to show negative things. Much, much better when it's showing our endeavors our lifestyle, our conversation is showing positive movement, forward movement, growth. The man grew. Growth. God's hand is on your life. You know, there are, in many different fields, there are trade secrets. There are men who, and women who have businesses and things have been handed down through families and they they know how to do certain things. Uh, women, more so I think than men, have been famous for guarding their recipes. Guarding the recipes. Been in the family for years. And they won't give up the secret. Won't give up the secret. They're usually pretty careful not to take the secret to the grave with them. They usually have what I read in the Bible. I thought it was the Bible, and <laughs> that's what I read. <laughs> Sorry. It was actually in a newspaper. I happened to see something and it caught my eye. Again, I read very little of the newspaper, but I'll try to grab the what might be considered, you know, a few little good things and maybe a few 
mind relaxers. And, and, uh, but I read it said to first find somebody trustworthy. And I was like, oh, that's easy. <laughs> that's how the, kind of the advice was, you know. That's the first order, but just find that, find somebody, whatever they were talking about. Matter of fact, that caught me to where I don't even remember what the rest of the article was about. I was like, oh, wow. You know. yeah. that's, that's scarcer, the country boy said, than hen's teeth. <laughs> Finding somebody trustworthy. Oh, brother. Yeah, Lord. And dear God, help us to be able to hand down Commit these things, the Bible said, to faithful people. They commit. Hand down this truth, this message. Trade secrets that make things successful. Why? I don't know what Sister Gloria does, but why her, her rice is better than most everybody else's. I don't know. I don't know what she does, but. Maybe it's, she just prays over it. I don't know. Got the Holy Ghost, so you know. <laughs> Could be that. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt that. And I know there's others here. I don't. I guess it's dangerous to call names because then other people feel left out. Try not to have your feelings on your sleeve, okay? Try not to be that sensitive. You know. But I am simply saying that people have their their little secrets. I like those good secrets. I had an actual account that was conveyed to me. There was a young man, he was a big old strapping young man, and he was at his friend's house, and he loved to be there for breakfast because the grandmother would make breakfast. And uh, what correctly is called making it from scratch. We had one sister that called making it from scraps. <laughs> Boy, that's a big difference now, isn't it? <laughs> well, Grandma would make it from scratch. She'd make those biscuits. And this young man had spent the night, and him and his friend got up, and they went to the kitchen, and they sitting there while Grandma had the bowl, and he was stirring away, getting ready to make those biscuits. And uh, he was just thinking how good they are. And he was just, whew, this is going to be great. And it was great until he saw that that chewing tobacco had dripped out the side of her mouth. It ran down her jaw to her chin and dropped into that bowl that she was stirring. He suddenly lost his appetite. That was a secret he didn't want to know. <laughs> Thank God for good secrets. Good trade secrets. Good inside insights. Positive things. Righteous things. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. Thank God that, that we, uh, you know, that we have a church that teaches we don't dip <laughs> and we don't chew. And, and, and you knew there was more than one reason for that, right? <laughs> you 
and that we don't we don't smoke and and you know there's good reasons church family why the church here teaches what it teaches and believes what it believes and I do have to specify here I had somebody just recently asked me to be all right to go off to something they're not in our congregation here they're not in our congregation here but they asked me advice and would it be okay and what they think and I said yeah I said you know maybe just a little time away with your husband and supposed to be a family type thing and okay you know give it a shot be sure to get back with me let me know how it turns out well they did got back with me and the first thing they said was man you wouldn't believe how weakened the standards are how everything has been let down and I'm on the other end of the line saying oh I believe it I could have told you so but people don't usually like when the preacher tells them so that's why I changed that to I warned you so <laughs> though I can show you in the Bible yeah I can show you but uh, you know I read too in the Bible where it said we'll be hated the church will be hated of all men and all nations for his namesake but I'm not out there trying to get them to hate me <laughs> I'm trying to find that way of wisdom trying to win souls trying to encourage people along the right path without offending them but you know sometimes cases get pretty desperate I heard about a doctor that saw a young girl maybe eight or nine years old in a McDonald's and she had an attack and he recognized it being the type of doctor he was a heart doctor and he recognized that the, what was happening in her heart her physical heart and he immediately took her and threw her on a table right there at McDonald's and said who's got a pen somebody had a pen and he used the pen to as an as a, a scalpel doctor to cut her heart open to get in there to take care of whatever the problem was and saved her life as a lot of people at the moment was like what in the world are you doing <laughs> but he knew exactly what he was doing he was right he was a lifesaver but his what the circumstances demanded to the untrained brought a lot of criticism negative criticism because of their lack of understanding and their lack of discerning what was taking place and that somebody's life was at stake church work can be like that it can be like that I've been there I've known the desperation I've known it when what did David say there's not but a step between me and death oh yeah I've been there when it was spiritual death there is three types of death in the Bible there's spiritual death which is sin and there's physical death which obviously 
and then there's eternal death. Now we, we specialize in saving you from spiritual death. The church does. And sometimes cases really require desperate measures that not but a step between the person and death. And then I have been involved with prayer. We lost two preachers last week within a matter of days of each other in the same state. And uh, at least they were born in that, that state. And uh, But I can say, thank God, they were baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. They went on to be with Jesus. I thank God for that. And that makes all the difference. All the difference. All the difference. And surrounded. Surrounded by Holy Ghost praying people. Yeah. I told. Uh, I'm going to get too far out here. I know I'm going to lose my point. But I was telling somebody yesterday about a family had children, grown children, who had gotten married and had children. And uh, one of the grown young men, somewhere in his 30s to 40s, had gotten sick, some type of cancer. And he was in the hospital, in the room, Family's all there. Young man is just terrible to look at. And uh, somebody looked at the dad. And I said these words. I said, let him go. person recognized that the only thing keeping that young man from going was that father's prayers. Let him go. And finally, the, re the revelation, if you please, that it got through to the dad that it was best. He's baptized in Jesus' name. He has the Holy Ghost. It's time for me to get over my selfishness. You know love can be selfish. It can be kind of misplaced, misapplied. And so we let him go. And he went. I got a text. My phone, I guess, was in the office. And uh, got a text. Said, Dad passed. Thank you for all your calls. Thank you for all your prayers. Said, but said he fell asleep peacefully. And I felt such relief because it had been, what is this, August? Nine months ago. On the phone. I told him, 
could let him go. They've already cut his head open, scooped out his brains. I said he, he uh, remind me that when we get the new building, we're going to have a big sign that says, before entering, turn your phones off. Thank you. We all need those remembrances. And uh, I uh, told him to depart and be with Christ is far better. You know, if you're a preacher and you can't preach, you're already dead. If you're a worshiper and you, you can't go to church, worship God, you're already dead. It's almost just a formality now. And of course, his wife. I was talking to the daughter, and the daughter's 50-something years old. Married. Children. Pastoring. And uh, she told her mother, the wife, the wife shot back and said, the doctor said he's going to be fine! Is that bad? I said, well, okay. I said, we're praying. We're praying. up the phone. Nine months later, somewhere not too long ago, again, let him go. Doctor came back around. They said, well, we could operate again, but if we do, it'll be a vegetable. Let him go. Well, you know what? That's physical death. That's physical death. But there's spiritual death. And sometimes people's situation is such that you need to let them go. not popular for me to say that now is it but it's not anywhere near wrong or inaccurate either because you can hold on to your own detriment to your own hurt and to maybe the hurt of others that you're connected with you want to do good you let go of some things and turn your attention to God in the prayer room. Put your life, your efforts into improving yourself spiritually so that you can have a very positive effect. The Bible said that Isaac took the trade secret that Abraham gave him. And he began to he began to go forward. He began to grow. Even to the point and it named them said that they recognized 
how exceeding great the growth was in Isaac's life. What that means is the blessing of God. That you're profiting. What you do to God will appear to all. It's going to have a positive effect on situations that you couldn't otherwise have and get. The writer spoke about knowing the forwardness of your mind. I want people to recognize that we're a forward-going church. We're forward-thinking people. To be forward-thinking actually means that I can't decline. I can't withdraw. I can't let down. I can't compromise. I can't dilute and water down. I can't cast away my confidence in God and the church and leadership that had great payment of reward. I got to get a grip. I got to cleave. All Bible words to what's good. Yeah. I got to be strong in this thing. Weakness gets us nowhere. Got to be strong. Got to be able to look the devil from whomever or wherever he's lurking from. I've got to let him know. That I'm no part. I will not be a partaker, quote, of other people's sins. I'm not going to be a partaker of their unbelief and their attitude and their mouth and their wrong directions. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to show by my direction. A forwardness. I'm going to take the foundation that the church has given me. And I'm going to do what it said. Let us go on. He didn't tell you to go backwards. He didn't tell you to retreat. The Bible teaches exactly the opposite of that. Being a weak watered down, soundboard, lending an ear, doesn't help at all. Doesn't help at all. Oh, they're having it tough. Good! Some people need to have it tough. You hear me? Some people need to realize what happens when you walk away from God. Woe to those rebellious children, the Bible said, that go down to Egypt. That's the world. Oh, yeah. You ought to read Isaiah 40, what all God had to say about that kind of attitude, that kind of spirit. 
mm, I, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to have any part of that. I want to go forward. And you know there's going to be challenge. You know what happened to Isaac? Isaac was doing what had been handed down to him, taking his inheritance, the teachings, the recipes, the good things. And he was going back to the well that Abraham had dug, that an enemy had filled in. All the enemies always going to try to fill in the well. He's always going to try to cover up the source of life. With dirt, gossip, talk. And here comes Isaac. And he starts digging out the well. Getting rid of the trash, getting rid of the garbage. Getting that, what did it say, this Holy Ghost will be in you? A well springing up into everlasting life? Artesian bubbling up? Isn't it nice to come to church and begin to praise and worship God and you feel it bubbling up? Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you visit through that pre service prayer room. But that going forward, see, it's going to take some effort. It's going to take some effort. Take some effort. We'll take a little planning night before get my my clothes out. Get my so I won't be tripping around in the morning wondering what to do and having to make decisions that I could have made the night before. Because I'm planning. 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 Planning to get to pre service prayer. Planning to be on time. I'm going to dig these wells out. And everywhere he did it, he met opposition. People were afraid. That's what your Bible said. They grew afraid of the, what they, the blessing and the prosperity and the greatness that they could see in Isaac's life. And boy, did he have the bling. Yeah, we have bling. We have the word of God. We have the grace of God. Yeah. That's our bling. Read your Bible, the book of Proverbs. That's your ornament. That's your ornamentation. That's your adorning. The Bible said, who's adorning, let it not be in 1 Peter 3. No, don't let it be the gold and the silver and the pearl and the junk of this world. That cheap junk, I don't care how much somebody paid for it. You want rare? You want rarefied? You want something that's really of great price? Get what's of great price in the sight of God. God pronounced women that do things according to his word of great value and great price. Tell you what, when something goes wrong, 
as it will because there's a, there's, there's a serpent, a fiery serpent, the Bible called him. There's Leviathan, there's that behemoth, there is that old serpent, the devil. There's that alligator. He's lurking. He's looking to find a way in. And if something happens, he makes a breach somewhere, somehow. You're going to be mighty glad <laughs> when God says, that's one of my youngins. That's one of my girls. That's one of my women. That's one of my men. And they're of great price. They're the apple of my eye. You know, it's, it can be kind of tough reading the book of Job unless you've read it. First time's a little tough. <laughs> you know, Job's getting the, the daylights kicked out of him. Every time you turn around, he, he's getting whooped, man. And this is the guy that went to church. This is the guy that worshiped God. This is the guy that got up and prayed for his family. This is the guy that was the intercessor and the high priest. Every time he turned around, he's getting bad news. Yeah. It even got domestic. Yeah. But you know what? If you've read the book of Job and you've read the back of the book, And you can't wait to get to the back of the book. Because <laughs> then God steps on board. <laughs> oh, man, then you read how that God just slaps a snot out of everybody. <laughs> and says, okay, Job, come on, pal. Yeah. And he just picks Job up, wipes away the tears, and puts his renews his blessing in his life. It was written of Job that he was the most blessed in, the, in the, his part of the world. But now, God gave him twice as much. <laughs> wow. Let me tell you something. One woman said she didn't mind getting sick because she said it felt so good when God healed her. <laughs> I guess sometimes we can tolerate some things, church family, because we know what it says at the end of the chapter. We know that God's going to come to our rescue. We know that the church is going to go forward. Amen. You know why? Because we're built on a good foundation. That's why. That's why it said about going forward, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. You've got to read that with an understanding and a revelation. It's not a forsaking. He's saying, we got this. Time to grow. Time to build on it. Time to build on a foundation. And he said, this will do if, if God permit. Well, that's how God permits it. He permits it if you take your foundation with you. 
if you build on it? What would be the sense? There's two ways correctly, at least that I know of, to build in Belgrade. The most correct way, if it's not cost prohibitive, which means you don't have to go deeper than seven feet, which is what we did here, is that you dig out all of the muck down to the rock. And of course, I'm not going to go there and preach that, but you sure can preach it. You dig down to the rock, and you backfill with rock, <laughs> with compactable soil, soil that can won't fall apart. You know, muck falls apart. Muck disappears. Muck oxidizes. And uh, so you, you remove it all. You make a mountain out of it and use it for fill. And, uh, but you backfill with compactable soil, and then you can begin to build your grade beam and pour your slab put your walls up, and so on and so forth. The second way that I know of is to go right on the muck and drive pilings through. And they put a, a plate, steel plate, and they drive it with a pile driver in a cage, and they down to the rock. They go right through the muck, down to the rock, and then they, in that cage, they pour concrete down on that steel plate, down on that rock. And then you've got pilings. And then you do the same thing. You tie it all together and do your slab, put your walls up, so on and so forth. And uh, what they do claim of the two, the better is to dig out and backfill if it's not more than seven feet deep. There's a right way to do it. Would anybody spend all that money? We spent a quarter of a million dollars. Got your breath back? Okay. Oh, yeah, I remember being out there in the dark in big trucks rolling in from 22 miles away out there at the rock pit. And I had to, one of the city workers would come early in the morning riding by with their truck and pulling their equipment, and the voice came out, Rev, you need to get you a red vest on so we can see you. <laughs> Fifteen hundred trucks later, quarter of a million dollars later. Now, having done all that, are we going to go 100 feet in one direction and ignore that and just start building over here without the foundation? Nobody in their right mind would do that, right? That wouldn't make any sense. You'd build on the foundation that you just spent all that money and invested all that time because that's the right way to do it. We've got these principles of the doctrine of Christ. We've got this right way of doing things. It's been given to us. Trade secrets have been, Jesus said, I'll open my mouth. 
in dark sayings and give to you things that have been kept secret since the before the foundation of the world. And they said, why do you speak in parables, Lord? The disciples asked the question. And he said, because it's given to you, the church, to know. It's not given to them. We commit these things to faithful people. Faithful people. No doubt that's why the scripture said that it had been better not to have known than to have known and turned from the holy commit to walk away from the foundation and go over there on something that is going to disappear and can't hold anything. And to turn from the holy commitment that men and women have died for, shed blood for, and most especially the Son of God died and shed blood for him. No wonder it said it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. So let us, let us go forward. Let us go forward. When trying to don't have too much time, but when Moses and Aaron did what God told them to do, you know God will supply your needs, church family. Moses said, "I'm, I'm thick of tongue. I'm slow of speech. I can't do it as good as others can do it." You know, excuses make God mad. You know, one of the things we don't want to do is make God mad. <laughs> you don't want to make God mad. You don't want to make God exasperated, put out. And so God said, all right, all right, all right. I'll give you Aaron to be your mouthpiece then. So enter Aaron and God makes him the high priest. And he's a little more glib of tongue. And uh, I got told one time that I had a way with words. Well, I hope I do. I'm a preacher. Silly thing. <laughs> My God. Sometimes you wonder if you can do anything right in some people's eyes, you know. Especially people that you've dug out. It does make you realize how a spirit can confuse a mind and make people that should be so grateful ungrateful. So Moses and Aaron go down. They speak to the elders. They go through proper channels. They do things right. And they begin to lead after much adversity, which gave God plenty of opportunity to to show his glory, to manifest his power, to confirm his word. You know, when we work, God works with us, confirming the word with signs and wonders and miracles. And somebody in church just the other night, they told me, they said, when you lay hands on me, he said, right then, 
She said, I don't know if you know it or not. Well, sometimes you feel the virtue flow and sometimes you don't. But the proof of the pudding is in the person that gets healed, right? <laughs> That's a proof of the pudding, church family. Amen. And amen. And amen. When they come in like this and they go out like this, woo! That's a proof of the pudding, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, Lord. Yeah, Lord. So, God has Moses and Aaron take the people out, three million strong. And I thought, I got problems. Three million people. <laughs> and uh, so, the enemy's following. You know, the devil's going to follow you. He's going to follow you. He's going to follow you. And that's, that's why, why, uh, what's his name? I don't know what I got on me. I mean, I have too many things in my pocket. But that's why Abraham had to take his coat off and had his sacrifice. And the buzzards came around to get a sacrifice. And he had to take his coat off and swing it at them. Buzzards, get them out of there. So sometimes I may look a little odd to you. Okay? And you may not understand, but you better understand I'm just trying to keep the buzzards off of you. Hmm? I'm trying to keep you saved. Not enough to be saved. You've got to stay saved. And it does take effort. It does take effort. And you know, if you're believing makes it a whole lot easier. And the, the fact that you're believing proves out by what you're doing. What did Jesus say? Why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I I want to be in that group that calls him Lord, Lord, and been doing what he said. Help me, Lord. Help me to be willingly obedient. And you might want to put that word willingly in there when you pray. Because I, I'd rather that God help me to have a mind that desires to do it right and does it right than I have to be like that rather rebellious child that has to get a, a whooping to get him to do it right. Hmm. You know what? You don't want to hear mama say, don't make me get my shoe. <laughs> or whatever it is she uses. <laughs> well, a lot better to be working with the programs. So when Moses and Aaron get out three million and the enemy's pursuing, trying to drag them back to Egypt, trying to drag them back to the world, little by little, little by little, little let down here, little let down there, little decline here. And then you'll be like that individual that said to me, I couldn't believe how there's so much let down on the standards. As it adds up, it becomes an accumulation. Mm -hmm. 
Some poor deceived people think there's a difference between trimming and cutting. There is no difference. And I can tell you, if you do a little, it won't be long till you do a lot. Same thing with those hems, no sleeves. Same thing with a lot of things, whether male or female. Little let down here, little let down there. It builds up. It's an accumulation. Little late to this, little miss that. It accumulates, builds up. There is a price to pay for going forward. And when the people, Moses and Aaron, put their toes in the sand or the muck, <laughs> and they given a hard time and the enemy's coming Moses and Aaron are aware of that they can feel the vibration in the ground they knew that the enemy was coming with all his iron chariots all his junk all his bling saw somebody the other day with a little hot sports car and oh, big old amp and thump, thump going on. And one of the guys looked and said, look at that old man in there. <laughs> I said, well, that's because it took him that long to get enough money to have that kind of setup. <laughs> that's what happened with all the baby boomers, you know. They were hippies at one time and going to Woodstock and everything. And uh, they didn't have a thing. They just had parents that put money in their pocket. Well, the time came where they finally wanted things in life and grew up a little bit, and they decided to get jobs. That always helps them. And uh, so finally they got enough money that now they're all buying Harleys. Now they could afford them so they could buy them. And so that's what I meant by that comment. That they, you know, Wow. Of course, they're probably still living at home with mom, right? How come they could have the extra money, I guess. Yeah. Well, I told you about the young man that ran out of gas on my street, and I stopped to help him. And I said, son, can I, can I help you? I just ran out of gas. I said, okay, would you like me to go get you some? He said, nah, Dad's coming. I stopped, and I said, well, sure is nice to have one of them, isn't it? About that time, he stopped, and he went, yeah. <laughs> Well, you know what? It sure is nice to have the church. It sure is nice to have the church family. It sure is nice to have reliable leadership. It sure is nice to have the principles of the doctrine of Christ. And boy, when enemies coming from behind and we got an obstacle in front, in their case it was the Red Sea, some unbelieving idiot said that the Red Sea at that time was only six inches deep. I said, well, then it was certainly a greater miracle than I thought because he drowned the whole Egyptian army in six inches of water. Wow. <laughs> I actually told a, an, uh, 
a mediator, a judge, that he burst out laughing. We won that case. Old, old Judge Adams, some of you maybe remember him before he died out here. And uh, I had a young man in the church years ago, and uh, he was driving me, chauffeuring me to Arcadia for church. And when we were leaving, you're kind of near Henderson's trailer park as you're going up 27. To, you know, as you know, the speed limit changes from 35 to 45 and then 55. And once you get in the 55, well, it changes to whatever you dare to do. <laughs> so anyway, so anyway, the young man was accelerating from 45 to 55 because he was entering that zone. Next thing you know, blue light special, and it wasn't Walmart or one of those places, or whatever the place was called that had blue light specials. But uh, got pulled over and South Bay policeman gave him a ticket. I said, don't worry about it. I'll it's okay. Young man was all worried. You know. Don't worry about it. So we went to church. We had a good time. I said, just get off your mind. Let's go to church. And we did. So I said, you let me know when court day comes. So we'll go to court. So court day came. And I'm sitting there in the courthouse and this young man ambles up there before the judge and the, the judge and the officer and the officers telling, yeah, you know, they were headed down south, going to Miami, blah, 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 blah. And so I'm sitting there going, no, we weren't. We were going north. <laughs> we were going to Arcadia. And I'm, I'm just making little mental notes, you know. So after a while, the judge looked up. He said, Rev, he said, I see you sitting out there. He said, did, did you want to say something? So I stood up and I said, yes, Your Honor, I'd like to. I said, number one, I said, we weren't going south. We were going north. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And then the officer wanted to change the story. Okay, okay, okay. And he said, he said, Reverend, he, he said, could you give me a reason why, you know, I shouldn't give this young man a fine on this ticket? And I said, yes, Your Honor. I said, because... When one goes through South Bay, one usually takes great pains to do the speed limit. And Judge Adams cracked up laughing. He said on the basis of that one statement alone, he said, I dismiss this case. <laughs> Nobody was complaining that day that the preacher had a way with words. You're not going to be complaining when we pray the prayer of faith. <laughs> You're not going to be complaining when we have a way, you know, with God to get what's needed. Everybody said amen. amen. So try not to criticize too loudly, okay? Try not to, you know, let the enemy negatively affect your thinking. All right? Don't cast away your confidence which hath great payment of reward. Brother, obstacle in front, enemy coming behind, surrounded, 
Everybody's scared. Moses and Aaron, they get on their face. Exodus chapter 14, verse 15. In my words, spelled version, God said, what are you doing on your face? Why are you boohooing and crying and complaining to me? God said, get up and tell my people to go forward. Go forward. Go forward. I've given you a foundation. Hey, God's given us everything we need, church family. There should be no room, no time. It's like I told two young ladies one time. I said, don't be complaining. I said, the Bible teaches the 11th commandment, thou shalt not complain. Well, they went home, and they, their mother got to complaining. I mean, really complaining and just filling the house with complaints. And so one of them spoke up and said, senior pastor said, 11th commandment, thou shalt not complain. Well, she was in such a bad mood and spirit that she turned around and she said, the Bible don't say that. And I said, oh, yes, it does. And I turned chapter and verse to show that young lady <laughs> where it said that. Let's not fill the air with complaints, church family. God said, I've given you a foundation. He said, let us go on to completion. Let's not, let's not just the foundation. Thank God we're built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ himself being the chief corner. Thank God for that. But having that, let's do what we're supposed to do with it. Let's build on it. Let's build on it. And to do that, you've got to be faithful. Let's build on it. Let's stand together. Let's build on it. Let's build on it. Now, if I had another hour and a half, I'd, I'd preach right now. But I don't have that time. I don't have that gift of that time this morning. But uh, I hope that you will, believe me, you want to go forward? So do I. But there's a cost. There's a price. Okay? Talk is cheap. Action is costly. Okay? You don't have to put your faith where your mouth is. You don't have to put your actions where your mouth is. You don't have to stand up and be counted. That you're, you're here, you're there. That you're not slipping off here and slipping off there and opening doors to the enemy and getting your hand bit off. Okay? The enemy just being able to Take advantage of the situation. And here we are trying to hold on to you. When we, sh when we want to be reaching brand new people, brand new souls, and everybody said amen. amen. Let's give God a big hand. Come on. We're moving forward, in Jesus' name, by the grace of God and the help of God.
Everybody said amen. amen. All right. Thank God. Brother Sal is coming.